0: Welcome to Trending in Education. It's our 500th episode. Amazing to think how far we've come over the past six years, the past 500 conversations about the future of education. By no means are we stopping, but it is a time to pause and reflect back. Looking all the way back, in this case, to September of... 2016, when we released our first episode, and since then, we've been cranking them out generally once a week, and then frequently more than once a week for the last six years. 500 divided by six gets you a rough estimate of how many episodes we do each year. We've been averaging around 100 lately. That's what we did in 2020. That's what it looks like we're going to do again This year in 2022, and by the time you hit a number like 500, you do feel like a bit of an institution, and I'm really happy to have folks who have stuck with us for the ride. Also excited for folks who are just discovering us now, because I do think we're really rounding into form in terms of the type of content we like to put out here at Trending in Education. Today's episode is going to be me, Mike Palmer's reflections on what this show has meant to me. Keep in mind, there are many other folks who were significant contributors and still are significant contributors to what we're putting out here. In particular, my wife, Robin Naughton, does an incredible job with our web presence and also supporting me in my creative efforts. Absolutely couldn't have made it this far. Without Robin's help, especially since taking the show independent back in 2019, it's a much heavier lift when you don't have a staff and you don't have a large uh, organization behind you. A shout out to the folks at Kaplan who helped me get the show going. Dan Strafford, Brandon Jones, the support up the chain, all the way up to Andy Rosen and Tim O'Shaughnessy. It was really a great opportunity to start this show while I was at Kaplan and then thanks in large part to John Polstein and others I was able to hold on to this podcast when I launched my consultancy back in December of 2019 and we began the ride that included the pandemic and the summer of Black Lives Matter and everything we've encountered since then. This has also proven to be a uh, launch pad for other podcasts, Running It Back, which is the Lessons Learned from Sports Podcast, Tarlin Ray and I co-host. That launched back in September of 2020 in part a byproduct of the conversations Tarlin and I were having as part of this Trending in Ed feed. We decided amidst the sports-deprived haze of the first wave of COVID-19 while we were watching the last dance on ESPN we had such a good time breaking those episodes down realized we could learn a lot from those stories that ultimately led to launching running it back which i'm happy to say is now entering its third season over 50 episodes under our belt there and as if that's not enough we also launched inside jackson station a podcast about a blues bar in south carolina Back in the 1980s, ended tragically with a brutal attack in the parking lot that left Gerald Jackson, the proprietor, left for dead in his parking lot. We interviewed the musicians, we bring you back some of that sound. That podcast grew out of an interview that I did with Dan Harrison on this show back in February of 2021, just after Dan released his book, Live at Jackson Station. Dan and I had known each other back in college. This was an opportunity for us to re-engage. And from that, we were able to launch Inside Jackson Station. Those are all examples of podcasts that we've launched as Palmer Media. In addition to our owned media, we also do branded content where we've launched several podcasts and live streaming conferences and other new media programming for brands. If you're interested in doing that, please reach out to me at, at palmer.media. I'd love to hear from you. That's true, really, of any listener, whether you want to be working with me professionally or if you just want to check in, shoot me an email, palmer.media. I'm also on LinkedIn, Michael P. Palmer on LinkedIn. And on Twitter, my old handle, which I've held on through the years, is at Madden Tangibles. Hit me up along any or all of those channels. I'd love to hear from our listeners. It truly has been a privilege in my life that I've been able to maintain this feed over the years, and I look forward to continuing to do so in the future. Please send me input, send me suggestions. If you want to appear as a guest, I have had folks who listen to the show reach out, and we've been able to get those conversations in. The goal is to have an inclusive conversation where we're representing as wide a cross-section of folks who care about the future of learning as possible. Today's episode is really about respect for the ancestors, respect for the founders, respect for the folks who started what we're doing here, and for something that has been A steady part in my life for the last six years, 500 conversations about the future of education. It does make me think about the work of Anders Ericsson and team defining deliberate practice as a highly structured activity, the explicit goal of which is to improve performance. Specific tasks are invented to overcome weaknesses and performance is carefully monitored to provide clues for ways to improve it further. This was also popularized by Malcolm Gladwell with the idea of 10,000 hours as what is out there in the collective zeitgeist. I've done a lot of these conversations. You get better. You get practice. Practice? You talk to me about practice? You learn how to engage. You learn how to engage with the other people in the conversation. You learn how to edit better. There are a lot of things that I've had to pick up along the way, especially since leaving Kaplan. It was one thing when I was producing the podcast as an executive, I had staff, I had a really great team member in Dan Strafford, who was a co-host, but also was the editor and producer of the show, learned a lot about podcasting from Dan as we got trending and education off the ground. And then once I exited Kaplan, I was able to hold on to the podcast and then was left with the keys without necessarily knowing how to drive the car and keep in mind this was heading into 2020 when things got hectic more about that in a little bit for today's episode I'm going to tell a tale I always ask our guests for their origin story today I'm going to tell the story of this podcast trending in education spanning the four periods in its existence from my perspective. The first is the startup phase back in 2016 into 2017, getting the thing off the ground, getting our growing pains behind us and starting to hit the ground running. Then there's that period, which I'd say it's 2018 into 2019 when we're really humming as part of Kaplan. Those were fun times. Some of our best work really in that window of time. That then pivots into leaving the mothership in our third phase that leads right into the pandemic years. And now most recently, I'd characterize this last phase as turning the corner because I do feel like that is the collective hope and the collective mindset. And there are some ways in which hopefully we don't just deny what we learned through these difficult times, but instead we're able to really grow from some of the pain and some of the perspective that we've gained really since 2020, which coincides with how long this has been an independent podcast, trying to showcase stories of resilience and quiet heroism, whether it's teachers or founders or researchers, academics who are trying to understand what makes great learning happen, how we can build the future that we all hope to be living in, how we can maintain those notes of optimism really throughout. So with that, we're going to pick up with each of those segments next, where I break down the four phases in our origin story, in our history here at Trending in Ed, as we launch forth to our next 500, as we're just kicking off our seventh season here. The future is bright. Excited to have you along for the ride. began as a Skunkworks media R&D project when I was a vice president at Kaplan. And it was partly my job to explore what's new and emerging to figure out how, whether and when Kaplan might use that capability in its learning products. Podcasting was a perfect example of this where, because we were part of the larger Graham Holdings family, we were connected with Slate, who is a really leading podcasting and media company. Slate was relocating. They no longer needed their whisper room, their audio broadcast studio, and it was bequeathed to us at Kaplan before Slate moved to its new offices, where they still are, to the best of my knowledge, out in Brooklyn. What that meant was an audio booth was dropped outside of my office. We were tasked with figuring out what to do with it, and what that turned into is what you are listening to now. Trending in Education was founded back in 2016, September. We piloted a few episodes recording from our video studio, but then we had access to the audio studio, the Death Star was made operational, Interestingly, it was referred to by folks at Slate as the Chamber of Secrets. I'm not really sure where it wound up. That's a whole nother story. I've likened it also to a taldek from Doctor Who. You entered into it and it existed out of time. It was something unique, something I will always remember fondly, even though it was a little hot and a little cozy. Cozy for two, although I think at times we've even fit three or four people into this relatively small booth. And from that, the sound that is trending in education emerged. Also as a nod to Dan Strafford, who was our first producer. Dan was producing this in Zoom back in 2016 when he relocated and was able to hold on to his gig with us at Kaplan and produce the shows through Zoom from his home up in Massachusetts. In many ways, that also got us ahead of the curve when the pandemic hit, when I was out on my own producing this podcast, I was still using those digital tools. It's very much part of the DNA of Treading and Ed, and it allowed me to tap into more folks more quickly and comfortably than perhaps I would have had we been more tied to a physical studio for audio production. Interestingly, now, as we are turning the corner to come out of some of this stuff, Folks are thinking differently about audio production, purpose-built audio booths. I was recently at the Fast Company Innovation Fest in New York City, and there were a few purpose-built audio podcast booths that really did signal, here's an important conversation, there's a little bit of buzziness to it. What I continue to be struck by is that podcasting, while it was cutting edge and new and interesting, even though it had been around for a while back in 2016, I'd still characterize it that way. It still is interesting to do a podcast. One of the reasons why I'm seeing some pickup on the consulting side is that people are tired of webinars. They're fine. They do the job, but very seldom is someone excited about a A webinar, very seldom do they feel a sense of deep connection to a webinar series. They feel like they could just disappear at any point in time. Podcasts like this one stand the test of time and they establish a drumbeat, a conversational cadence that we really grow attached to over the years. I know that's true of the podcasts that I love, and that certainly be true of the podcasts that we're producing here. Shout out to Dan Strafford, who produced the show, got it going, and shout out also to Brandon Jones, who was my first real co-host, first partner in crime, who would go back and forth for many of our episodes. Keep in mind, in the early years, we had trivia questions that Dan would bring to the conversation. Frequently, the three of us would read an article or break down something like the Gartner hype cycle or the Meeker report. We would all do our homework and then come and talk about it. I will always cherish those times. I feel like I learned a lot by having to do my homework coming in and then having to engage in a conversation to come away better and also to feel confident that we had published something worth listening to. And then over time, we started bringing in guests. Dr. Brewer Saxberg, at the time was the chief learning officer at Kaplan. He since has moved on to Chan Zuckerberg, doing interesting things. But we started to bring in experts. We started to bring in folks like Esther Lee, who did some really interesting reporting on teaching about fake news out of the South Bronx, one of my favorite episodes in the early years. We also launched our March Madness tournament our first year and started to toy with the notion of edutainment. Interestingly, this show was almost called that's edutainment as opposed to trending in education. The original theme music was the song That's Entertainment by The Jam. That was a nod to the idea that it was that's edutainment. The idea is that you can have fun while still learning and that lots of times the emotional connection you get to something you enjoy will keep you coming back to continue to engage and to continue to learn more. That was the early days. That was an amazing run. Shout out to Dan and Brandon and to all the folks within the Kaplan universe who gave us the freedom to experiment, the freedom to explore, which allowed us to tune our craft, start to put in on those 10,000 hours to continue to get better. Before you knew it, we were starting to hit our stride. did hit a bit of a golden era there back in 2018, 2019, when the world was a simpler place. I was blessed with a child in December of 2018, certainly changed my perspective, was able to reflect on that on the show. I remember we did a parenting episode in January of 2019 when I was really in the thick of it. And had I not done that episode, I don't think I really would have captured for posterity and for my own benefit what it's like to be in the haze of the first few weeks of your child's life. Obviously, that did transform me, and it certainly informed the latter stages of the podcast. As my son continues to get older, things that were abstracted and hypothetical suddenly become real when I think about how my son is learning What does it mean to be engaged with others in community? What does it mean to engage in a public school format if we can? What are some of the other models that are out there? How are they all competing in the pre-K into K-12? And of course, how does that relate to the future of education, which includes the future of higher ed and lifelong learning? We really did hit our stride in the midst of all this. We were not just covering education. We were also getting into Game of Thrones, we were talking about Westworld, we were trying to connect it all back to the world of education, but we were casting a wide net. Also book some of my favorite guests. This is when we talked to Annie Duke, when we talked to Wendy Zuckerman, when we were starting to book folks who had a little more of a pedigree. This is also when I met Rohit Bargava of the Non Obvious Company who was doing his trend books each year. Rohit appeared on the show many times. This is also when we started to identify our magnet holders, folks who appeared on the show three times, qualified for a Trending in Ed refrigerator magnet. The list includes folks like Rohit, folks like Mark Sanders. My wife, Robin, appeared three times. Brian Alexander has appeared more than three times. Terry Givens, Tarlin Ray, Definitely Melissa Griffith, who became a steady figure and a co-host, who also had that level of back and forth and engagement that really made me better. Learned a lot from my time with Melissa. Steve Jordans is another guest who's appeared on the show multiple times. But we really started to build those relationships when we were in that sweet spot of We learned enough through those early days that we were starting to get a little bit smoother. And also we were very much blessed by the stability of the Kaplan mothership those years as we were continuing to experiment with new technologies, but also trying to hone the craft, trying to get our messaging right, and also learning what it means to publish something under the auspices of a brand, Kaplan, in such a way that the plug is not pulled that required a bit of a subtle set of skills i will also give a nod to karina wong who was heading up communications at the time melissa Mack at the Inc level they allowed us the grace to continue to publish through that period of time and then ultimately that culminated in our exit and the reality that this podcast would become an independent offering at a very interesting time in our collective history. I parted ways from Kaplan in December of 2019, after working there for 20 years, really growing as a leader, as an executive, as an educational technologist, was able to flex All sorts of muscles build up new skills, one of which was the ability to produce a podcast and then by virtue of the kindness of the organization was able to hold on to trending and education and continue to publish it now as an independent podcast owned and operated by my consultancy, Palmer Media. This all took place back in December of 2019. I had just left Kaplan, I had a one-year-old son at home, and was continuing to produce the podcast as I was started to build a consultancy where I could help folks navigate the complexities of their brand voice, publishing content, publishing podcasts, live streams, virtual classrooms. The things that I did at Kaplan now I could do as a consultant for anyone who wanted to work with me. If you are interested in working with me, email me at Mike at Palmer media would love to hear from you and would love to explore how you could do things like this show for yourself or for your organization. But that was the run. It was amazing at Kaplan. I was excited to leave to get some quality time to be around my son when he was small. Shout out to my boss at the time, Lauren Thomas-Tavell, who really was recommending that I savor every moment with my son, which I was able to do by virtue of that move. And then compounded by the fact that the pandemic descended upon us in the spring of 2020, really forever changing the course of all of our histories, but certainly changing the way we think about education and the way we think about emerging trends and the ability to innovate and manage disruption. It all got accelerated, got mixed up, jumbled up and confused. There were some casualties along the way. The reputation of online learning suffered because I think folks weren't really ready then. There's been a strong push since then to snap back to the way things were prior. Shout out to Steve Jordans for turning me on to that notion, which I've certainly seen manifested as we're beginning to turn the corner now. But those early days, those early months when I'd exited, but the pandemic hadn't hit, was a time when I was able to really focus on my son, focus on what's important to me, and in some ways presaged a little bit of the great reshuffle, great resignation, great transition that we've all been going through. I was able to found something and launch my own business. And the podcast really was the vehicle through which I could continue to show these capabilities. It's been a fun run really since, but I will always remember those first episodes in December of 2019. And then heading into the coronavirus in 2020 was really a profound period in my life. And then, like I mentioned before, we did 102 episodes in 2020. Really felt as though it was a chronicling, an archival exercise. My wife is a librarian. She thinks about digital histories and digital preservation and oral histories. And I did feel like getting that many episodes, that many conversations under uh, my belt at this very critical time in the world of education felt like mission-based work. And it's something that really has formed the foundation of Palmer Media and the programming that we put out ever since. This is also what led to the launch of Running It Back with Tarlin, which in addition to being a great podcast also serves a therapeutic function for me where I'm able to engage in these conversations, try to find lessons learned, from sports but also get time with Tarlin time to reflect time to just take a moment and that's the other thing I learned I think in this period is that we're all struggling to work some things out it's been a traumatic time for all of us to have platforms like this one where I can speak to the world and hit publish whether it's perfect or not I'm continuing to hit publish that's really what starts to make us better, that's where you start to get that feedback. And I will forever feel connected in a deep way to the people I had conversations with through those darkest days. I remember talking to Brian Alexander and Tarlin Ray and Helen Buige Lee, Melissa Griffith, Dan Strafford. The list goes on and on, but in the heat of those difficult pandemic years, we were co-creating something of meaning. There's talk of the IKEA effect, that people feel a deeper connection to things they helped create. I certainly feel that about the work I did at that time. And these vehicles do become outlets. They become ways for us to get our thoughts together, get our emotional outlets together. And I will forever be grateful for having a platform like this to tune and refine and use to engage with others. Through some of the most difficult years in our collective history, 2020, 2021 presented a lot of challenges just to keep going, frankly. This is where I was in the desert a little bit in the summer of 2021. I remember going to World Trade Center to visit with Corey Dolgan, who was hosting a virtual conference, sociology conference from there. And I had just about stopped doing the weekly cadence and I needed to continue. And that's where still having folks out there who wanted to continue the conversation continued to motivate me. That and the continued support of my wife and the engagement that I was getting from my son continued to get me through the wilderness, to get me through some of those more challenging times. And really since then, we've come back with renewed momentum. And hopefully as we begin to turn the corner, we start to see something new that is emerging. And hopefully with 500 episodes under our belts, we start to lean into that new opportunity and step forward with a little more strength a voice strength of conviction and recognition that we have a platform that has influence and can continue to grow so hopefully you can continue to support us as we continue to plow forward but i will be forever indebted to those who engaged with me and with this platform through the very difficult 2020 through 2021 Right up until recently, when some notes of genuine optimism are creeping in and we're starting to believe that things may shift out of a strict pandemic frame, whether it's the best public health strategy or not, I think the truth is that there is something healthy about moving past a fear-based frame and starting to lean into something new. That is the energy. That I'm starting to pick up on now, and that is the energy that hopefully we'll be able to lean into as we pick up with trending in education moving forward. And that takes us to the present day. We are at episode 500, but it is still day zero. It is always day one. We are always starting anew. And as long as we keep coming back, we'll continue to get better. There is this notion in podcasting called pod fading, which is the idea that when you try a podcast out, you kick the tires, try it out a little bit, see what it's like, and you move on to other things. Many, many of the podcasts that are out there don't continue, which is why hopefully this podcast can serve as an inspiration for those of you who enjoy it and follow it. We aren't going away. We're not going to pod fade. We've been here for six years, 500 episodes. There will be new variations on the theme. That is something I am very excited about. We tested the waters a bit over the summer with our Best of series and also with our Future of Work series. When you have 500 and counting episodes in your catalog, you can start to draw from them and curate. The conversation, curate the narrative, so that you can start to tease things out with a little more depth rather than just breadth. That is something I am very much looking forward to. What are we doing about EdTech venture space? Where is the investment going? I recently attended the Holon IQ Summit in New York City and also EdTech Week in New York both of which were very much talking about how technology is emerging that will be very much human-centered, but will contribute in meaningful ways to the future of learning, whether it's pre-K, K-12, higher ed, or workplace lifelong learning. There are technologies that are emerging. Artificial intelligence is maturing. Virtual reality is also maturing as those technologies slide along the Gartner hype cycle and start to emerge in more interesting and effective ways, we hope to stay on top of that, while still understanding the counterpoint, which is once we engage with technology, there is a certain dehumanization that happens. It can be a lonely and uncanny experience. And it's important to understand where humans factor in First and foremost among those humans are the learners, but also first and foremost are their teachers and their parents, their mentors, their managers. We all are a collection of relationships, collection of engagements and conversations. I've been fortunate enough to chronicle a lot of this and learn from it as we go. Hopefully folks are getting some inspiration at times, some perspective and foresight from time to time. I know I certainly am. We'll continue to bring back amazing guests. We'll bring back virtual co-hosts like Nancy. Many folks are fans of Nancy, as am I. Also, we'll bring other voices to bear. Hopefully bring many folks their first opportunity to engage in a podcast. That is something I am very proud of, is that many folks who have never been on a podcast before broke in on Trending in Ed, some of whom have now launched their own podcast, which is amazing to see. It is a very engaged and pro-social format that I hope to be able to get more people tapped into, whether it is by appearing as a guest on the show or whether it is by producing more podcasts for other individuals and organizations and continuing to produce more Innovative Programming here for Palmer Media. It's been an incredible ride, 500 episodes, but it feels like we're just getting started. Thanks to everyone who is listening. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe, write us a review, tell your friends, share the good word. We're going to be talking more about ways to help us sustain the show and continue to push it in new ways, hear more from our listeners, engage more with the world around us. All those things are on the horizon as we just start to turn the corner. This is Trending in Education. We're just getting started. Thanks for joining us for the ride.